Hey everyone, just wanted to hop on here real quick and let you all know of a great event that I'm going to be a part of, as well as many previous guests on this show. So on Sunday, May 29th, I will be participating in the WAP Stripathon. And if you're thinking wet ass pussy, yes and no, um, it's going to be a charity stripathon happening at the legendary Penthouse Strip Club and will be benefiting the Wish Drop In Center, which is a nonprofit organization based in Vancouver that benefits street-based sex trade workers. Tickets are $20 or $30 at the door and all proceeds, including stage tips, cover charges, all that. Everything is going to charity. We hope this event will sell out, so we hope to see you there. So for more information, follow us on Instagram at stripathon2022. Back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia. I'm the host of the show. I host the show every single week, every single Sunday for the past two and a half years. Two and a half years. And I bring different guests on to the show every single week to help destigmatize sex work. So everything from porn stars, everything from strippers, from people in the back end, producers, um, clients. I want to do my best in terms of covering it all and trying to be as transparent as possible about the work that we do. And that's just a little bit about me. Not even about me, about the show about me. I am also a sex worker myself. So I am a dancer up here in Vancouver, Canada. You can catch me dancing uh, not anytime soon. I don't know when, but go follow my Instagram or Twitter and you'll find out when those times will be. If you want to come chat with me and you know talk about the show, uh, that'd be really cool. If not, you can also subscribe to my OnlyFans because I'm also a digital content creator and I was also a sugar baby for a number of years until I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And there's more on that in other episodes that you can go ahead and listen to if you want to. But today is not about me. As you know, um, I actually am excited to bring two people onto the show today. I am pretty stoked because I haven't had a couple on the show in a long time. (laughs) And when I say a long time, I haven't had a couple on since season one and they also had the same initials as our guests today one of them sharing the same name which is really crazy and a weird small world but I am really really excited to bring Ricky and Jody on to the show today to talk about all things polyamory we're gonna be talking about different types of relationships we're talking about uh weaving sex work in with your relationships how to separate the two how to establish your boundaries and we're gonna be just talking about a lot of things today which i'm really really excited about and I'm pretty stoked because Jody contacted me on my YouTube account, which just has nothing to do with sex work, which is really cool. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you wanting to talk about noodles or you want to talk like about that way, like sexy show? So we got <laughs> touched that way. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm like, this is my noodle account that I like never really <laughs> like check very often. 
But you know, we made it, we made it here. Um, I'm really excited to record with both of you. So a little bit of background on Ricky and Jody. So Ricky, you might know her as Hoochie Poppy. She is an influencer all over the web. She is a podcaster. She's also, I think, a dancer, a YouTuber. She does a bunch of things. <laughs> she writes sex toys. <laughs> and, of course, her counterpart here, we have Jody, who I thought was a masseur, but he's also going by um, a manual meditation therapist, which Jody will so gracefully go into later. But um, how did I do with both of your intros? Like, <laughs> I feel like I like mangled them a little bit. You got it right. I'm I'm Jody, aka Raw. Raw, yeah. <laughs> I I am also known as the Black Asian. Yes. And I am um, OnlyFans. Well, yeah, OnlyFans girl, an adult content creator. There we go. There we go. And both of you are on the show today to just chat about all the things. I'm really excited to learn more about your relationship. And just relationships in general are tricky. Dating in general is tricky. Some people find it fun. I found it really stressful. I mean, when I was single, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> but um, we'll we'll kind of go into, into all of that, into all the details. Um, but maybe we can start – at the beginning, I mean, I'd love to learn from both of you individually, but also I'm curious in terms of like what your origin story is. How did you two meet each other? Like, where did it all begin for both of you? Okay, well, I'm from Missouri. I'm just in the state of Missouri. And she happened to live there while she was going to school. She was also a stripper at the time. <laughs> and I was an R&B singer at the time as well. Oh, what? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she, I was pretty popular. She was pretty popular. She was actually known as the lesbian stripper that everybody, like, <laughs> she was just known as the lesbian. What? Okay, and- <laughs> your stories. We have to hear these stories later on, for sure. <laughs> um... I had a side chick okay. who was mutual friends with her, and I wanted to have a threesome with both of them. But my side chick didn't want to share me, mm-hmm. which made her feel upset because I was I had several different side chicks, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a good taste in women. And she was dating those type of women as well. And they all felt like they were entitled to me. Like, I'm talking to Jody, and they all share the same thing, saying I talk to Jody. So she didn't like that. She didn't like me for a long time. So that was like <laughs> eight years ago, 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. Right. So fast forward, she ends up moving, she moved to LA. And she's been living out here for about eight, ten years, eight to nine years to say that. Um, and I reached out to her on Instagram, slid in her DM. You slid in the DMs? <laughs> I slid in her DM. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you don't deal with Ricky. I was like, who told you that? Which was that side girl who I wanted to have threesome with. So she tried to just run anything. But either way, go fast forward. We end up meeting in Vegas. Okay. And we hooked up then. 
What happened in Vegas? Yeah, what happened in Vegas? It it didn't stay in Vegas, I guess. No. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what happened. That's how we got together. Damn. So okay. Wow. That was not the story that I was expecting, but I also didn't know what to expect for a story either. <laughs> Ricky, when did it turn around for you? Like, because you weren't really interested in the beginning. Like, when did that shift? So when he did DM me and I, I and I expressed to him that I thought that he didn't deal with me, it was more so he was kind of like, let's put that all in the past because that's not the truth, but I'm going to be in Las Vegas around this time. And when we met, we had good conversation. And that was, I guess, I just learned this, but we were both giving each other auditions. <laughs> And I guess we passed. (laughs) And from that point on, we didn't like jump into a relationship. We just were friends. And then we started hanging out a little bit more. Yeah. Every time I came back to LA, um, we hung out. And we just really friends. Like even when she was dating other guys, she would call me and ask like what I think on some of the small advice. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, just and chipping we, away, chipping away. <laughs> and then we actually got into a relationship once we had our first threesome. Uh, what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like this still the deal on the in the bed. <laughs> like, So that was what sealed the deal was the threesome that finally happened, I guess, I'd imagine, like, years later. Well, last year. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Damn. But you guys have known each other for so long. Yeah. So, so long. So, I mean, you you have had a little bit of history. You kind of in and out of each other's lives for a bit. And then, I guess, the stars aligned. And we're like, this is going to happen. Do you want to share details about the threesome or do you want to talk about like, like what was it that solidified, okay, we're going to do this for real. We're going to, you know, be in a relationship. What was it about the threesome that helped it, cement that? Cause I'm still well, trying to make sense of Well, it was prior to the threesome. Um, she, she expressed like, once we have this threesome, you're mine. That's, that's pretty much cut dry. Like, uh, <laughs> And we had we set up boundaries before we talked. We just, you know we known each other for a while, so we was already understanding each other's boundaries even before we actually had sex. Um, and we just very been transparent with each other from the get go of actually meeting each other in person. Like that's how we always been. Our communication was already strong first. Mm. Wow! It wasn't. Yeah. Spe- I mean, I ain't gonna say the threesome wasn't special, but it, <laughs> it was just it was just siller. You know, we enjoyed the threesome, of course. But it was some, like a test moment for the threesome too, mm-hmm. because prior the same night of threesome, she had we was, she got tired of waiting. We was waiting for this girl, and she fell asleep. And the girl comes in where I can just have sex with the girl by myself, and if I wanted to. But I woke, I went and said, "No, we can't do this without her." So I went and woke her up so she can be a part of it. Yeah, included totally. That's a nice gesture, actually. <laughs> Very I really appreciated that for sure 
I mean, Ricky, before we start diving into relationship antics and topics, uh, we want to get to know you too. I, I don't want to feel like you were overlooked in this story too. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the female version of him. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Like, um, I think with me, um, I am more talkative. I'm more open, open to answer questions. I might be a little reserved right now because we did literally two different podcasts earlier. So yes. we're like doing shifts. Like, it's, your, it's his turn to tell the story. Give yourself <laughs> but, a little break. <laughs> but I'm, I, I think I'm more of the... How, how can I say? Am I more like the firecracker or like... Not firecracker, You're the but outspoken bird. Yeah, I'm the outspoken <laughs> person in the room. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you 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 were the male version. Oh, the male. You you guys are the same person, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, and I'm the female version of the him. female. Yeah. <laughs> How do you find balance in your relationship? Because personally, for me, I can never date anyone that's like me. I think I would kill myself. Like I, <laughs> I just it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I need that balance for me personally. Like, how do you do it? Honestly, oh, man. So he has way more patience than me. I don't have – well, I have patience, but not as much as he. <laughs> and sometimes I find myself kind of, like, getting anxious because it's like, ah! But then he's always like, it's okay. I think that's the, the one thing that I don't have, like, I don't have patience like that at all. Well, I mean, here I'm gonna go a little deep on it. <laughs> so when I say the female version, so it's like yin yang, right? So yang is feminine energy, yin is masculine energy, but each have a dot of one another in each. So that creates balance is one. So that's why I was gonna say it's more of that we we literally balance each other out because she has to have a little bit of masculine energy or I have some feminine energy in. So we complement each other so much that we are one. Gotcha. Okay. That's making sense to, to me now for sure. Um, <laughs> going deeper into both of your relationships. I know you mentioned, um, at least Jody, you mentioned me early on in our inboxes, in our DMs, we were like, okay, like, we're, we're a poly couple. I wanted to just maybe quickly define a couple of things before we get into everything because maybe there's some people listening in the audience that aren't exactly sure what polyamory is or maybe they have assumptions of what polyamory is. So um, I'm not sure if either one of you want to define what polyamory is in your own words and terms or each of you can say whatever you like. <laughs> okay, so for for me or for us, polyamory is open communication. We listen first to understand and then we come up with our response, our responses to each other. We make sure that if something doesn't sit right with us, if we don't like something or something as simple as I don't want you, I don't want you to hang out with this person because I don't feel like their intentions are good. It all starts off with us communicate, communicating that. 
Oh, yeah. So some people think it's just all about having sex and having all these multiples, but it's first and foremost all about communication. Because one thing, if he's interested in someone, he's coming to me first. If I'm interested in in someone, I'm coming to him first. Like, I'm not just going straight forward. It's more like, hey, babe. So I like this girl, and she's very sweet. Here's a picture of her, and he'll ask me certain questions about the person, and if I got the right answers, then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot of people that think uh, polyamory is only about sex. They just think it's about sleeping with whoever you want, with however many people as you want. Um, And I think that is – the common misconception or at least one of the top misconceptions I hear of oftentimes. Um, Can you, can either of you kind of describe how a poly relationship would differ from an open relationship? So with polyamory, there's so many types of relationships. So you can have one that's, where it's just two people and they bring a third in and date them every so, like, you know, three months, four months, but they're just exchanging. It's like when you're dating, like when one person's dating one person, but in this sense, it'd be multiples dating one person. Or sometimes it's someone actually, a couple actually trying to become a couple or a quad or something like that. And then you have the, you have the ones who are having, there's a couple, and then each of them have their own relationships outside of that. Mm. Right? Wow. So that's, that's, there's a lot to poly. Yeah. <laughs> All these types of relationships. So um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was the no. question? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I was wondering, like, how does that, how does poly, like, how do poly relationships different than, from open relationships and now what I'm hearing is that there's so many different subgenres or different categories under the umbrella of polyamory is what I'm hearing correct me if I'm wrong that's correct correct. I mean oh the traditional monogamy is just like you have to be this way and that's it you know um and I just see more people not being happy doing that and I'm not taking no it's no shade against them I just feel like if you're monogamous, I think the the rules need to be updated for them more so. For each person. For each person. Um, I think poly allows you to be more natural and accepting people for who they are and what they love. Because my idea is if you love someone, you love them for what they love, not just because they love you. Yeah. And the, oh. the difference between poly and open is that usually open relationships are relationships that are monogamous. They conduct themselves as monogamous relationships. And both parties are free to deal with anybody whenever. On a sexual way. More Yeah. But with poly, I don't have to necessarily have sex with the other person. That's when you learn how to have, like, intimacy beyond the physical means you know what i mean so you can be intimate with someone on a mental level or intellectual level so it allows you to experience others in different ways besides 
having sex with them. You don't always have to have sex with people. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I think a lot of people just like, again, as I mentioned earlier, just assume that sex is like front and foremost uh, and first and foremost in in poly relationships, which which is not. It's, well, I guess how I see it. And again, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm monogamish, so <laughs> I'm, I operate in a mon- monogamist relationship, but I have an opener, an open-ish <laughs> kind of like outlook on relationships because I don't believe that monogamy is natural personally, and this is just my own belief. But um, when it comes to polyamory and how some of my other poly friends have described it, they're like, oh, well, I'm having multiple relationships with people and I'm falling in love with different people. I'm having uh, like Steve is another one of my boyfriends and Tony's another one of my boyfriends. They all know each other. We're open about it. And I think that's really awesome. I think it's really, really healthy too. And I just think people need to talk about it more as well and just get rid of these old myths and misconceptions that come with it because um like sex work i feel like maybe there's some stigma that comes with being in a poly relationship and maybe that is coming from religion that's coming from conservative beliefs it can come from a number of places but have either of you ever experienced anything like that when it comes to stigma or discriminatory practices or anything like that in in your experience not not with a poly lifestyle, but definitely with sex work. Like, Ooh, yeah. Most people just, they're ignorant to it, and sometimes they just want to know more. So, and, and then they do say, like, oh, it's just the open relationship. And I'm like, no, it's not, because most open relationships, people don't really communicate like that. They're not telling you, hey, so Jody, I met a girl named Jennifer, and I want to date Jennifer, and... I want you guys to meet most open relationships. They're like, I'm going out for a drink with my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear that. It's like sometimes they're not acknowledging or in, in including the other person. Uh, it's like how I see it sometimes when I hear open, open relationships, it's unfortunately like some experiences I've heard have been kind of shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The serial cheaters. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. they are. I mean, especially in sex work, I think that's an excuse they want to use. Uh, like, oh, I'm poly and we're having sex, but no, you're not because you're removing the relationship base the of it and the emotion behind it. You're using it as escape. And, and from the outside looking in, there's probably a lot of people who assume sex workers are poly or in open relationships. But a lot of sex workers actually want to be in monogamous relationships. And it, I think that's the hard part for a lot of sex workers to date. I think that's, you're searching for people who do not fully understand your lifestyle a lot. Right. And that's where a lot of people run into. You can't, you can't want, want the guy who, well, I mean, it depends on who it is. But you got to have somebody who understands the lifestyle. Oh, totally. And well, and there's so much overlap between poly relationships and also just sex work in general, which we'll definitely get more into that nitty gritty later. But um, uh, interesting comment I have uh, about what you just said there, Jody. Do you think 
because of these misconceptions and assumptions, do you think that sometimes the people that are using poly as an excuse to fuck around, like, do you think that they're just giving people in the poly community a bad name or tarnishing? Yeah. Yes. I'm I, yeah. Yeah. They, they, yes, they are. They, <laughs> so there was, there was a situation where I was dealing with someone and they were saying that they were poly. And in reality, they were not poly. First of all, they were, I guess, emotionally handicapped because they couldn't have a healthy relationship because they didn't want to be emotionally connected to someone. And when you're in a relationship, emotions are involved. So it got to a point where it was kind of like, Or are you just a cheater? <laughs> and I asked certain questions and I got my answer and they, they're just the serial cheater. And it sucks because this person and other people, they go around telling people, hey, I'm poly. I conduct my life this way, my relationships. So then there's more people coming into this lifestyle thinking like, I can't do poly because it's so selfish. And it's like, it's not. It's just that particular person or those people, those type of people are making it hard because they're they're really taking up space and lying to themselves and lying to everyone else. Yeah, that's awful. Like, is this something that either of you have experienced a lot or like are finding that it's becoming more commonplace or is it or is it just like here and there that this happens that you can encounter people like this infiltrating the community? I think we see it. We see it pretty often in the sex worker world. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more. Yeah, um, you just yeah, you, you see it more. And then there's it's the communication part. They they're not being truly honest. It's more mostly the men. I don't see too many women that are trying to pull it off. Mm. And I just haven't ran into them. I mean, it could be happening. But there's a lot of men who are doing it because their intentions are not pure. Yeah. That's 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 the main thing. If your intentions are pure, then it, it makes sense. But if your intentions are just like, yo, what can I get out of this? You can't be poly if you're thinking, what can I get out of this? Right. Right. The I is not part of the equation. It's no. like, what can we collectively get exactly. out of this? That's why it's poly mm-hmm. and not mono yeah exactly right it should be simple right (laughs) well i mean going deeper into this topic like um ricky you're mentioning um you were asking this person certain questions and stuff too in terms of like filtering out um if they truly are poly or not like what kind of questions are you then asking at this point um that that is like a surefire indicator, like, okay, this person is part of our community and this person is not. So um, you can always get your, get the right answers when you start questioning them about past relationships. So one thing I ask everybody that I tend to deal with on, on an intimate level. So this particular person, like if, if they have a, a special person that's always in their life or they're really prominent in their life, I'll ask like, so with this particular person, you're not with them. So how long were you with them? And if it's like over three years, 
let's just throw a number out there. Nine years. Did you cheat on that person the full nine years? Like, or was it was like here and there or they were lacking something and you decided, hey, let me step out. And I use the word cheat because that's a triggering word. And there's a difference between cheating and your partner knowing that you're dealing with someone else on an intimate level. And, you know, that particular person was just like, yeah, I cheated the whole time. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. And then it was another time where I dated someone and they said, oh, yeah, I cheated. I cheated the whole five years I was with my wife and blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow. So that's how you can, you, you can tell. Just, you just got to ask questions. Don't be scared to ask questions. (laughs) And I know what we were mentioning earlier on in the show too, like you mentioned, communication is key when it comes to polyamory. Like, what else do you think that makes a great and successful relationship? And, like, how do you establish boundaries? How do you combat jealousy? Does that exist in polyamory at all? Oh, hell yeah. Boundaries? You got to have that conversation. Because if I don't know how far I can go, I could really hurt him and vice versa. So you have to set boundaries. And once again, it's all about communication because we he could feel a certain type of way today and maybe three months he might change his mind. So you have to you have to just practice that. You have to do monthly re- reviews. Yeah. I, I think w- people forget that relationships require work. Just like your job or wherever you are, they give you monthly reviews. Any service that you have as a review. So why don't we apply that to relationships? So that's the main thing is communicating, understanding there that growth happens, emotions happen. Um, but yeah, the boundaries is the main thing. That's putting it up front and being truthful when you put up those boundaries of what you're into. Because a lot of people, I feel like they fall into the fact of let me say what I want to say just so I can have what I can have. Their intentions are done out of a selfish manner. Those are those kind of boundaries that they try to place. It's like, I'm going to put these boundaries up just because I know I can operate around you kind of thing. That's called manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it sounds like pretty simple um, getting into polyamory, polyamorous relationships what about when a relationship ends is it just as simple as breaking up um like is it just okay we're done here or how does that how does that work well i think it's communication (laughs) (laughs) i mean the way you got into it should be the same way you get out of it you know are you understanding growth through the whole process of like you know I no longer want to be part of this. Um, you have to think about each other's feelings, but don't spare each other's feelings because if you, once you spare it, you can just still continue that wound and just stretching it out. Putting band-aids on things don't help, you know. So it's the same way, just like you know, being communicating. 
That's really, really key. Like relationships in general, whatever type of relationship you are in, they can be challenging. They <laughs> they can be really tricky. Um, I was really curious to hear if either of you in any of your relationships in the past, have you ever encountered anyone that has left the poly community before and have gone into a monogamous relationship? Um, I knew someone who was poly and just found that one person that was that they felt was their life partner and they were like, I'm okay with this person. And that person was monogamous and they just kind of was like, you know what, this is my person, this is my human. I don't need to be with anybody else. They give me what I need. They take what they need for me is an even exchange. And till this day, I mean, they left L.A., they're in New Orleans, they're living their life, have children and everything, and happy. Like, from, from what I see, they're happy. And she she's always stated to me, like, she feels as if she needed to experience it backwards. Because most people go from um, from monogamy to polyamory so then she just she started poly and was monogamous and she loves it <laughs> wow that's awesome I, I just never really hear of those kind of stories so that's really really cool I mean I and I didn't ask if either of you have any children too but I was wondering like what does polyamory look like when you have children and when you have a family um is there a way to talk to your children about that or your friends and family about that how are those conversations? Because um, sometimes I know anything to do with family can be challenging. <laughs> family politics never fun. So <laughs> I feel like dealing with families. I'm gonna still. If you don't take anything from this podcast, me is communication. No matter what, no matter how, when we don't communicate, things become taboo. I think that's the part of like when you grow up, like you don't supposed to know about your body or you don't supposed to know about sex. So it makes it taboo and it makes it feel like, man, I got to go on this journey lost, not knowing what's going on. So, you know, when you do have a family, you have to talk to your kids. You have to talk to your kids. You talk to whoever you're co-parenting with in regards of this is the lifestyle I chose. This is what I believe in. And I don't want you to feel like you can't be yourself either. Or you can't believe in these these and believe in love in all forms. So I, that's that's the part you know that you have to have. You know, you tell your family. You know, love if you love me, you love whoever I love or how many I love. Because that's what we have to be able to do is just love. I love that. So simple. I mean. Families are just complicated sometimes. I mean, have you ever had any backlash from family members? And how do you, like, how do you navigate those conversations? Do you just shut it down and be like, "This is this is me. This is who I am. This is who I love." Um, so I I can't speak for him, but um, not necessarily. I haven't had backlash about being poly, but I had a lot of backlash for my sexuality. So coming up in the Midwest, you know, that's very, what is it? Bible state. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible Belt. Yes, the Bible Belt. And um, just 
a woman with another woman, what is going on? And then one, once I got older and I'm still finding myself and they see that I'm dating a guy, they're like, what? Like, which one is it? And it's just like, guys, like, why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, why does it matter? Like, yeah. And then me becoming a dancer, that was a big deal. So it was just like, Ricky, why won't you get on board with everything? And I was just like, guys, it's just me. I'm not I'm not going to form myself to make you feel comfortable. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting myself. I'm good. But once everyone started to see like she's really good and she's really prospering, she doesn't ask us for anything, that was the main thing. (laughs) (laughs) She has it figured out. So now that I do say that I'm Polly, they just be like, Oh, she's just being Ricky. Let her do her thing, whatever, whatever. Whatever floats her boat. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's actually a really good segue to go into the sex work aspect of the show too because um, I guess, yeah, you obviously received some backlash there. We all know that sex work is highly, highly stigmatized work that we do. Um, did you want to quickly go into like how you got into dancing and then how you got into content creation and then we'll go into like navigating sex work and relationships? Uh, just – how I started dancing, went off to college, and I was like, I cannot work in retail and go to school. And one day I went into a club and auditioned, and never went back. <laughs> and the rest in between, like I think I danced for maybe like seven years on and off, but I definitely, you know, took a break. Got became like a, a pharmacy tech and everything, and it was cool. But I was like, the money's not the same. Felt like I had a little bit more free time mm-hmm. as a dancer. Got to live life. Got to learn a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Then, um, dancing. Once I got to LA, I was I started to fade out in dancing because mm-hmm. the atmosphere, the environment wasn't working well with my mental health. Okay. Because, you know, it can get real catty. Yeah. And I was turning into somebody that I did not want to be. So I, I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was just doing regular content creating, safer work content creating. And then all of a sudden, the OnlyFans came about. So I jumped on the bandwagon really fast before it was actually a bandwagon. And I was like, <laughs> man. I could just turn my living room into a strip club. Yeah. And started getting followers and they would come from YouTube because I was in the sketch world. Oh. Yeah. This is how it's so all then, connecting. Okay. Yeah. So then they will all like migrate over. Then I would like, you know, just be on Instagram talking my shit. And people be like, yeah, we like you. She, she's pretty. She's smart. And she likes to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> the cherry on top. Right. So <laughs> I, I think I got more backlash as as a stripper. Now, doing the adult content creating, I think people just, they just like, that's just Ricky. Just let her do her thing. She's, she's really not hurting anyone. Yeah. And it's just, 
I, I like that. I like that I could be naked. Like, I wish I could go outside and just be naked, but <laughs> I could just be naked on the computer. <laughs> well, it's quite a journey. I mean, moving from the Midwest to LA is a bit of a jump. Um, and you mentioned the atmosphere in the West Coast, in LA particularly, was very different. Um, what were the major differences that you found? Uh, was it just like the club environment was completely different? The people in general on the West Coast really different or like, like more catty or? So I feel like I was built for LA and not necessarily for the Midwest. So when I came out here, I felt like I was where I'm supposed to be. But I did learn a lot, like, okay, so people out here, you have to find your tribe because everyone's not the same. But there's so many different types of people here. And you don't even have to be a part of one tribe. You could be a part of several, but you just have to have that, that time and space to be around them. So, one, I love that you can just find who you need to be around your tribe. To the weather. Come on. Yeah. I love the <laughs> and three, it's a creative place. Everyone's open minded. There's a there's a lane for anything. There's a lane for anything. If you if you want to make clothes, you can find that. You can find someone to teach you how to make clothes or help you out. If you want to be a stylist, you can be a stylist. If you want to be a stripper, there's a whole group of people who are strippers. So, and now they have like content creating houses. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> if, you, if you're not comfortable doing it at home or if you still live with your parents or, you know, you have roommates and you're not comfortable squirting in the house, <laughs> you can go to a content creator house <laughs> and do what you have to do. <laughs> I think that's super cool. And uh, yeah, LA definitely has that the energy and like a, a lot of people are drawn to the West Coast too for so many different reasons, but it's because the energy is there and it's just like we're all this we're all here for the same reason, so it just like manifests, right? Um I know Jody, you've been waiting patiently to talk oh, to. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> When's my turn? No, <laughs> but um I want to kind of bring it steer us back to in terms of um ricky's sex work and your relationship was that ever an issue at all because sometimes it is for some people or people yeah she's shaking her head here no it ain't um but i know like because i've personally had this experience too where you know i've had partners in the past saying okay i'm okay with what you do i tell them early on they say they're okay with it and then down the line, it becomes an issue. And I'm just like, I communicated this with you from the beginning. Why is this all of a sudden a problem? Um, it, Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think it goes back to saying what you need to say to get what you need to get. So I think a lot of People who like, oh, I support this lifestyle. You know, usually they're just really fans of a lifestyle, right? Basis understanding a lifestyle. Mm. Um, and I knew who she was before. We knew who each other were before we got started to know each other. So 
I'm not the person who's like, well, I got a Lamborghini now. I want to turn you into a Honda. Like that doesn't <laughs> make sense. <laughs> and I feel like a I lot like of it. a lot of uh, relationships, and I only can speak for men. I think a lot of men they all want this fancy car. But then when they get this car, they don't want no one to see that car anymore. Or they don't even want to drive that car anymore. Like, why? I'm about yeah. to, hey, everybody's going to see it. I'm going to give it a paint job, too, if it needed a paint job, anything. But everyone's going to, I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your super, your super fan, you know. So that's, anytime she posts something or do anything, like, I quote that Usher uh, superstar lyrics all the time. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a fan. So. Yeah. So yeah, and there, as you mentioned, like there, you made a kind of like a designation there. Um, there's the fans, and then there's people that like really understand it. And it's a lot of it is a fantasy that they're obsessed with, or they what they think of it is a fantasy, and it's not the real thing. Um, I just, I, I find that creates so many problems like right off the bat because it's already imbalanced mm-hmm. and it's, you just uh, on the same page i think the that's the tough part for a lot of women in the sex work industry like how do you determine the difference between fan or someone understanding the lifestyle or what can they handle seeing well that just comes down to a lot of questions you're, you're going to have to ask that person a lot more questions. And actually, you're going to do a little background check on seeing how do they interact with others. Because that's the biggest thing. I can tell you whatever I want to tell you. But you should be able to judge on how I treat others. You know, that's in your line of work. Because there's a lot of guys I know, in particular one fan that got with a particular adult actress and he said he enjoyed life, but then at the time he didn't switched up. So mm. that's what it, that's what it is. They they think they can like it until they actually get it. And I also feel like the financial thing. Yeah, they, some of the guys they they get with the women, and then they realize, well, she's making way more money than I am. And that it's an insecurity. It definitely punches them in the nuts, and they don't like that. So that's a lot of things. They have to be right within themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it has a lot to do with masculinity as well. <laughs> it, it hurts the ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot too. That's a whole other conversation. I can probably <laughs> do an entire episode on that. Maybe I'll do an episode on that one day, one of these days. But um, going back to Ricky, um, how do you separate sex work and your personal life? Is there a separation or do those two meet at some point? Or does does Jody ever come, <laughs> like, join you in your content creation? Or yeah, he definitely yeah. joins. Yeah. yeah actually, well, I actually created him only fans. Oh, shit. <laughs> Like he, he didn't know that he had, he had those kind of talents. People just like looking at him. And I was like, take your shirt off. Now, if I like him with his shirt off, I know somebody else likes him with his shirt off. And his pants off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, contr- I control his, um, not, I don't want to say control, but manage. I manage his OnlyFans because majority of his fans are men. 
and he's a hetero man. <laughs> so, you know, men as a whole, they can get a little vulgar. So I'm I'm always like, oh, he's like, I got a message. I'm like, all right, let me go check it. <laughs> That's such a fun dynamic, though. I love, I love that how you, you both do that, and you're both incorporating that too. Like, <laughs> just seems like a good team and a good partnership that you both of you have. That's the key to success. Teamwork made the dream work. Sometimes he's taking my pictures, like I'm putting on my makeup. He's helping with the backdrop, all that. So, yeah, teamwork makes the dream work, right? And I mean, speaking of which. And I know this episode is going to be airing long after this event, but both of you are going to be at Exotica, which is coming up in Chicago pretty soon too. Um, what can we expect from your booth or what can we, yeah. I mean, since the event's going to be over by then, but still. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this is our third one. This is our first time in Chicago's Exotica. So we've done Miami, we've done New Jersey. So um, from the booth. She's going to be giving lap, lap dances. <laughs> yeah, so, so this year we added um, one new, I guess, trinket. I got a, um, what's it called? A spin wheel. Mm-hmm. So people can, we can make it more fun because at first we just had merge and they can take pictures. But I want to actually engage. Yeah. And I think with Exotica, we're the only, I don't see couples. I really didn't see couples as um, vendors. And especially as minorities, I guess you want to consider yeah, minor, yeah, yeah. minority People, couples. Yeah, POCs, like nah. there's no couples. If if they were couples they're in a couple X part and we And yeah, yeah there's there are no minorities. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I really wanna quickly go into that, being a POC couple and also just being a person of color because I just came back from my very first event. I went to the Why Not reunion this past two weekends ago in Tempe and I was one of the only people of color there <laughs> um, in attendance as like uh, yeah as an attendee so I was like a lot of this looking very white <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. it's not just that way I mean the people of color are just put in one little corner usually um, so we actually are the few that actually get near bigger booths of having our booths. So it's different. Uh, we we definitely noticed a lot. So I don't know how we got lucky with the position of our booth, but we will be by big names, like big brands. Yeah, Bad Dragon and, and then, those. Yeah, and we'll walk around and they'll have – They'll have a black girl tucked in the corner or they'll have um, a group of POC, just like their boots are all together in one section. What? And we did notice this as well. So last year they had me in the category, the genre of ebony and Asian. But this year they took me off Asian and just had me as ebony. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my face right out. I'm like, yeah. Ugh. So and then when they see me, because once I have on my makeup, you know, I can accentuate my features and they're like, huh, you 
are black. And we definitely see the Asian, but you're so tall. And I'm just like, <laughs> Oh God. And I mean, like, and with one of your like aliases, the black Asian as well. It's just like, come on, come on. And How do you have, feel about that? They have the pictures. I, I do I do feel a way that they took me out of the Asian category because that's a part of me. That's that's definitely I grew up like not realizing why I had certain features. And then once I learned, I was like, oh, I get it. And then, you know, for them to have me as Ebony and Asian and then take me off this year, it's kind of like, huh. Something ain't right there. Yeah, something's not right. But but we do get a lot of love because we are minorities. Yeah. Who are a couple. Right. And we're... They give us a lot of love. We give in great. Our booths are not just our our particular booth is never tucked away, so they like us for the most part. Yeah, yeah. and I think they like the duo. Yeah, I, I think everyone as as we move along, even when we like court women or you know go on dates and everything, I want everyone to feel comfortable with us, and I want them to get the um, I guess the equal amount of energy, masculine and feminine energy for both of us. So they don't feel like, oh, I'm on a date with two individuals. I want them to feel as if we're a unit. Mm -hmm. So when we're at these events, I want, I don't know, the staff to feel like, oh, it's it's them. It's Ricky and Jody, like one unit, not just, oh, it's that, them two people. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, there, yeah, the, this event happens three times. Well, I think, yeah, three times a year, I think it is all in the States. Um, I don't know when the next events will be after this, but for next time. Miami, July. July. Yeah, there you go. I was like, I know it's sometime in the summer, but I can't keep up with all the events that are happening. So like, ah. but um, yeah, well, are you guys going to be at the one in Miami again this year or no? Yeah, we should be. Or no. I think we were going to be at XBS in oh, Miami. Yeah, yeah fine. There so. we go. Well, you could look out for Ricky and Jody and XBiz because this episode will be out. <laughs> and then we can promote that. But we'll plug those links in the links below. Um, but I think it's time for us to move on to some Q&A because I feel like we've gone a little bit over. But also because I just love this conversation so much. So it's <laughs> a lot of stuff happening here. But some questions from the audience. So let's get started here. So this person wrote in, can a one-sided sex worker couple work in a monogamous relationship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they can. But the person who's not in sex work has to understand understand what's going on and also be secure within themselves. And the person who's in sex work needs to know how to communicate with the other person and let them know what's going on. So it's definitely one of those situations where you have to listen and you have to be vocal at the same time. And communication is just not one time. I think that's where we mess up a lot of times. We're like, I told you in the beginning, like, no, I need you to reassure me every three weeks, once a month, however you know, just to tell me, like, where you stand, because we always could send you to change. So 
continue to communicate. Yeah. And I'll just add to that too, um, listener. Um, I think Legal Smash wrote this in. Yes, they can definitely work because I'm a sex worker and my partner is not at all in the sex work community at all. So um, how we make that work, I I just overshare all the time. So I'm always talking about work. <laughs> I'm just always being like, oh, this happened at the club and this idiot and all the stuff. Or like, oh, can you help take some like photos for my OnlyFans and stuff? I, I try to include them and incorporate them because I think it's important to, to do that. Um, and it's important for me to do that because that's my way of communicating and to show like, hey, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be okay. This is fine. And this is what I do and to show how normal the work is or how mundane the work is because it can be really mundane at points. So, yeah. <laughs> so thanks for writing that in. Uh, we have uh, this person. Next few questions came in from someone who's in the polyam community. So Justin Erickson writes in, you have a post about scheduling sex. Does that interfere with sex work? Um, and you wrote in brackets, having a similar approach to how it happens or does sex work create problems for that time with a partner? So the post he's, re- he's referring to is in regards to our Instagram posts in regards to scheduling sex. Um, it shouldn't interfere because you have it on the schedule. <laughs> it's on the calendar. Um, anything else that's... Schedule is supposed to be flexible. And depending on the type of sex work you're doing... You know, she's more into doing OnlyFans and a lot of stuff is done home or we have a scheduled date or whatnot. But it's always been scheduled. So it doesn't interfere with anything. I mean, that lets, to know, lets you know the anticipation. It lets you know, like, yo, I'm having sex today about 8, between 8 p.m. and the morning. So that's that's the best part It's just it meets your partner's needs and your needs because we can get busy. So let's schedule some sex. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I lost track. Ricky, do you have anything to add to that? Or you're good? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> okay. So next part of the question here is even in the polyam community, do you find that people don't want to date a sex worker? Honestly, no. I just, I maybe because I've been a sex worker for so long, I don't really come across men or women who are like, I don't, I don't want to date them because they're. No, I take that back. Women, <laughs> most monogamous women, or even some poly women, they don't want to deal with men who are porn stars. Oh. Um, I feel like it's more, um, I guess, acceptable for the men to want to date a stripper or a sex worker or content creator, porn star, whatever. But I do see, I do see women saying like, "Oh, I can't date a porn star. Oh, he's having sex with all these women." Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I do see it, but it's the opposite. Mm, gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Interesting, interesting. Um, this next question is specifically for Jody. Um, so, <laughs> what type of massage services do you offer, 
Any sex work related, like sensual massages, do you keep those services separate as in your therapeutic clients don't know that you do sensual sex work? And I know we were talking off air about this, but yeah, let, <laughs> feel free to go off. <laughs> um, I do hot stones, cupping, lymphatic drainage, prenatal uh, massages. I also team up with someone else to do couple massages. I do not do sensual massages. I paid to go to school and sensual massages is something I can learn or I knew how to do way before. <laughs> so them in the service, I, you know, yeah, like the person asked the question in regards to my therapy clients. Like I, I try to keep it very professional because I have men and women clients. So those worlds came mixed for me. That's, that's all. Um, Let's just keep it just plain. And most of the time, people are not getting aroused while I'm giving massages. They're literally asleep within 20, 20, 20 25 minutes. Yeah, you know they usually for five minutes. <laughs> so, no, I'm not going to myself. But yeah, they usually sleep. Right? So now, I, I like I said, I, I consider myself a manual meditation therapist. Because even my whole spiel, when they're laying on the table, I, I ask them to fully relax, go to any dimension they want to go to. So... It's more of the therapeutic part and the healing part basis. Let me turn you on. And and trust me, your blood blood's gonna flow um, normally. Like even for men, some men may get aroused, but they're not conscious when they're aroused. Their mm-hmm. body is normally the blood flowing there and they're just aroused like that. So So no, he does not do those happy endings or happy endings or those sensual massages where the guys hold up the girls and be like yeah, that's not proper form <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry to burst your bubble <laughs> but the, my massages are very healing so if you really want to relax and sleep good that night that's what i do go contact jody everyone links below <laughs> in the show notes <laughs> We have just a, um, a few more questions here that I almost forgot that's on my Twitter. So I'm just going to read this out here. Um, this one comes from Political Mindscape. What does compersion look like for you two? So for those who don't know what compersion, compersion is, it is the opposite of jealousy. Or what I would describe as the opposite of jealousy. Like being happy for people. I don't know. How do you describe that? <laughs> We're, well, we're not jealous beings, so I'm love. I'm a lover of love. So if someone's happy, I'm be happy for you. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Winners love winners, and lovers love lovers. That's that's how you should look at it. So yeah. it's no jealousy. You know, even if she, if somebody comes along and make her happy, like I want that for her more than anything. Same here. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I feel that. I feel that with you guys in terms of like this whole episode. I really feel that. <laughs> I feel you guys are really cohesive as a unit. Just talking to both of y'all uh, over the past hour. But there's a couple more questions here. Uh, what kind of boundaries do they set, if any? Um. <laughs> yeah, boundaries. I mean – Someone asked us this earlier, like a boundary for me is if he, if he sees someone or finds someone that he feels that he wants to spend more time with, I want, I want to meet that person. 
because we live together and whatever the out the other person does can affect what we have here so it's always good it's it's almost like it's almost like when um when a, a kid wants to go spend the night at a friend's house that parent of that child wants to meet the other parents cuz you just want to know the outside source <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right it's, it's inviting someone into your energy you know you want to know who you're dealing with you know because mm-hmm. things latch on especially if that particular person may make me upset or make me feel a certain type of way you know i can transfer the energy in her way you know you still want to know she want to know what type of person i'm dealing with or her person vice versa. vice versa so the boundaries is still um tell me if you're interested in someone else or just communication <laughs> and i think at the end of the day it's gonna be communication that's the boundary line like a lot of people don't understand what communication is, though. So, um, I always most people say, "Oh, you gotta talk, you gotta talk," and no, that's the second part. And sometimes it's the third part. The first part of communication is actually listening, listening to understand what the other person, where they're coming from, what they're trying to say. Then you can figure out what your response is. Yes, all sound advice right here, right now. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, same question here from, uh, sorry, another question here from Political Mindscape on Twitter. Um, Like both sex workers and poly folks face stigma with healthcare providers and counselors. Have they? I'm not really under, I'm not sure if I understand that question. Mm, I think I've read that that question earlier i didn't understand it but if they're talking about as far as um getting tested and everything um that's very important so we we get tested i feel like majority of the time when we do deal with someone outside of just us we're together and Testing is very, very important. Even if you weren't in the sex working world, like you need to get tested. You gotta get tested. I think people who are not in the sex work world are the last people to get tested. They get tested when something happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's when they feel like they need to go to a doctor when something happens. Basically, it's like preparing yourself before any encounter that you have. So, I mean, I, I, I hope that answers his question. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, I, I wasn't really sure exactly what the question was, but I think that is a good interpretation of it and a great answer too. And I'm glad we were able to address that too at the end of the show. But before we let you go, where can we find you two? So I'm gonna start off with his. <laughs> at is it at Jody Love Rock or? Oh, I don't know. Jody Law. Like, rah, rah. <laughs> On everything, right? On Twitter, on Instagram. Instagram. Instagram oh. And TikTok. And TikTok. He's, he's popping on TikTok. Ooh, okay. I'm going to plug those links in the show notes below. <laughs> and then we, we have our couples page, pages. Every On every social media, it's Ricky and Jody. That's Ricky. R-I-K-K-I and Jody, J-O-D-I. Yeah. 
no whys. No, yeah, no, no whys. <laughs> and, and then I, uh, you can just go to my website. It's hoochiepoppy.com. And then I have all my links to everything to find me because IG keeps messing me up. I always yeah. Keep that's a thing, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sorry. They can't delete the website, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ricky and Jody, this is so much fun over the past hour. I feel like I've learned so much, and I just feel like we could have just kept talking for, like, another hour or two. <laughs> Such a big topic. But um, for everyone else listening at home, oh, I forgot to shout out the Patreon subscribers. Patreon subscribers on the top tier who get this video access. Um, hello, Arup Sarkar, Justin Erickson. We also have Karen Zen. And you also have, uh, let me check my notes here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm missing Jay Sunstern. Thank you for subscribing to the top tier. There are also two lower tiers as well um, that we have some lovely subscribers on. But fan recognition comes from top tier, from the top tier and the second tier. So thank you so much. It's patreon.com slash stripbysia as well as stripbysia and all podcast platforms. So don't forget to like, rate, share, review on Apple. Rate five stars on Spotify for digging the show. And I can be found on Twitter, Strip Icia, as well as Instagram, same thing. And then hopefully one day my official website will come out. But it's supposed to be stripicea.com. You can contact me there. And that is it, everyone, for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Ricky and Jody this week. And if you have questions, don't forget to tweet them. Go subscribe to their pages and follow them on all the things. And maybe see them at a future Exotica show. Okay? <laughs> Thanks, you too. I appreciate Thanks for it. having us. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Dabrin.